practicing spiritual protection is actually creating more of what you don't want. Instead of creating purposeful boundaries to protect your energy and your business. So we have the intention of doing that. I totally never thought of it this way. You're like blowing my freaking brain right now. Welcome to Too Legitimate to Quit, instantly actionable small business strategies with a pop culture spin. I am your host, Annie P. Ruggles, and my guest today is the stupendous Sierra Rubin. Sierra Rubin is a spiritual teacher who helps empaths and lightworkers find their true purpose, turning self-doubt into action that makes them a go-to spiritual brand online. She's an ET experiencer, wife, mom of two babies, and singer of Disney songs, and sometimes her own songs too. Welcome to Too Legitimate to Quit. Hi, Sierra. Thanks for being on the show today. What do you think small business owners need to know this week? So many small business owners want to go from that place of inconsistent money, inconsistent clients, to the consistent clients right? The consistent money. We hear so much talk about, oh, 5K month, six figure year, blah, 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 which is awesome. Good, good goals. Yeah. But what about starting with the consistent income, the consistent clients? That's what they want. There's so many people that are starting out in business right now and they want those things. Okay. I get it. If you want those things, consistent clients and consistent income, you need to show up consistently to get them. Um, You need to illustrate that you are trustworthy, that you are somebody that they can trust to show up for them on a consistent basis so that they can look to you and on that day when they're like, yeah, I really need some help right now. I really need to invest in myself right now. And there you are consistently showing up that day for them to be like, oh yeah, I like her. I like him. I like Absolutely. Absolutely. Especially because, you know, there is that, that huge emphasis. And I've talked about it on this show before in, in coaching specifically, there's this idea of like the 10 K month, the 10 K day, the six figure year that da, 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 da. And all of those things, exactly what you said. Those are noble, lofty, lovely goals. They're financial goals. I have no problem with financial goals. I love money. I have no issue with money. But also those are end of the road destination, financial only. Okay, I am successful based on revenue in this month alone. And what you're talking about, I think is so key because it's the day to day. It's the waking up and delivering service every day you choose to work. It's waking up and connecting with new people every day and finding out if you're the right one to serve them. And it's so interesting to me that we get so 
laser focused and obsessed even on that that revenue goal that we ignore the building blocks that it will take to get there and also to get there more than once because i've definitely seen people have like an incredible amazing launch and then sit on their butts and do nothing and have one $10,000 a month per year and be like well i had a $10,000 a month Okay, well, your total revenue for the year was about 13 grand. Right? So, so why do you think, especially I know you focus so much on passion and purpose, where is the disconnect between the things that we love to do and showing up every day to actually do them? Mm, yes. Life purpose can be a really amorphous kind of topic, you know, especially I work with light workers, empaths, you know, people of this nature who really are that service oriented person. They really want to be of certain, be of service, help others help with this awakening, you know, and, and so they, they put a lot of their focus on that part of it, right? Expanding their knowledge, expanding their understanding of themselves spiritually, which is really important. And you know, so there's this disconnect because you have to also have the business piece. You have to also have the business sense piece in order to take that light, take that life purpose and channel it into something that people can understand, that people can make sense of, that people will sit there and say, yeah, that's for me. I need what she has to offer. Okay. You need both pieces, right? You need to um, be able to ride the emotional waves of what we're going through in the world today and what you're going through in your own life without disappearing from social media. If social media is what you're using for your marketing, which all of my clients primarily are, I'm sure yours are as well. You know, so the disconnect there is, okay, yes, you've got that spiritual piece. You know, you have a life purpose. You know, you want to live it out. You need to be able to ride those emotional waves so that you are able to continue to show up, to make those new relationships, to nurture those existing relationships, and to illustrate to them in a way that appeals to not only their spiritual, you know, Right. Yes. 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 The logical brain is also part of it. And one of the things that I love so much about your work is that other than myself, you're the only person I know that specifically tailors programming for empaths. And I think that that is so critical when you're working with healers, coaches, light workers, right? Because so many of us that are in industries that are help service industries. We're in there to share literally ourselves with others and to share in their experiences to get them to a new place, right? But but I see over and over again, and it's part of the reason why I went into sales avoidance, I noticed that like for light workers, a lot of light workers uh and and healers and people that might not identify as light workers, but definitely people that identify as helper types, that if it starts to feel too logical, if it starts to feel too grounded, or if it starts to feel too much like a job, that it is the light worker's impulse to go, I'm out of alignment with my purpose because this feels like work now. And that's when I want to be like, yes, darling, 
It may be direct from the Akashic, sweetheart. However, it's still a job, right? It's still a freaking job. And so how do you help people navigate when a purpose, a divine purpose, a spiritual purpose starts to feel a little bit too logical? Like, how do you keep the passion and the energy behind something that is a spiritually driven job? Yeah. Okay. So to, to answer this first, I have to go, go backtrack a little bit and you're exactly right. And I totally 100 resonate with what you're saying. They, we helper types can get so, I need to be in the flow and it needs to feel good all the time. And it needs to this. And and yes, it, it will feel good. If you are doing something that you are excited about enough, that's really the, that's really the key here. So I think I'm answering both questions at the Mm -hmm. same, my, my point. And then your question at the same time, if it's, if it's exciting enough for you, then that's, that's, what's going to fuel your passion. If you are getting to a point where it's feeling like a job all the time, then you might be doing something that you saw was successful for somebody else, or you might be doing something that, uh, your well-meaning shoulds in your life are telling you that you should do because you have X, Y, and Z skills or you, or, uh, X, Y, and Z seems to be successful, you know, and you need to be talking about something through a lens that excites you enough that it keeps you coming back for more. Okay. So that's the passion piece. That's the flow piece. Okay. And I'm just going to be really raw here. Okay. We've got, we've got a bad taste in our mouth when it comes to masculine energy. And when it comes to male energy, right, we're coming out of the age of Pisces, we're coming out of the, the patriarchy, you know, so we have sort of some hangups with our relationship to masculine energy and every single person has both feminine and masculine energy within them. Okay. So if you have a even subconscious or unconscious bad taste in your mouth about your masculine energy, of course, you're going to be very resistant to things feeling like work. You're going to be very resistant to creating a structure for your flow. The truth is we don't need to throw the baby out with the bathwater. Okay. There were some serious mistakes. There were some serious atrocities that were committed right? With the imbalance of the masculine energy. Yes, the feminine is rising. And that doesn't mean that we have to throw out the masculine energy in totality. We still need it. We still need the balance of the masculine and the feminine within each of us. So that flow needs a structure around it. You need to sit down and create a schedule, create a list, create a plan, and then do something that you are so fucking excited about that you, when you, when it comes time for that plan that you've made for that schedule that you've made for that time you've set aside, you're like, yeah, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. You know what? I'm I'm not 100% feeling like it right now. Maybe I'll go take a shower. Maybe I'll go take a walk. Maybe I'll jam out to some music. Maybe I'll cry, ball my eyes out for five minutes or five hours. I was going to say, or longer. (laughs) (laughs) But then I'm going to show up and I'm going to do it. I love the way that you put that because to me now it's starting to sound 
like a very familiar word to light workers, which is ritual. Mm. Right? It's a ritual. It's a it's not a rite of passage, right? Because it's it's gonna take a long time. But but like how many of my clients and your clients and, and people that we know and love and maybe ourselves will have, you know, altars and candles and crystals and 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 meditations and you know, manifesting techniques and all of these things that they do daily, weekly, lunarly, whatever it may be, that that we can ritualize how we show up in our businesses and we can ritualize how we show up for ourselves. And and I started saying to empaths a while back that a non-sleazy sale, which is my area, is an act of self-care. I think that these rituals, to your point, that engaging in your purpose, that feeding that passion, but also showing up and putting the legs under it, putting the foundation under it, that sounds like self-care too. Do you agree? Absolutely. Absolutely. 100%. I think that, you know, just as much as we need certain messages in our society, in our culture, uh, we can also use those things as a crutch Okay, so things like the idea of self-care and and needing to take a rest and needing to take a break. Yeah, we need those things. We need to take rests. We need to take breaks. We need to take naps. Um, if we're you know not moms, at, uh... <laughs> I was gonna say naps are a lot easier for childless humans like me than they are for childed humans like you. And I appreciate that. So part of today's homework: if you don't have kids and you work from home. Go take a nap. You can even pause the recording. Naps are precious. We all know that. Take a nap and donate it to someone with kids. Yeah, send me that nap vibe. <laughs> yeah, but we can definitely, with all of that messaging, which is so needed in this, you know, the hustle, the hustle culture, we, especially as sensitive people, can sometimes use it as a crutch. Oh, I, I just need to rest right now. I just need to take it easy right now. I'm not really feeling like doing this right now. So that must mean I need to rest. Maybe. And also maybe you just need to get your little butt and sit it in the right. chair and do the thing that you said that you were going to do. Okay. It's one thing if you haven't made any commitments, but if you've said, I'm going to commit to showing up to this interview, this phone call, this thing, this, uh, you know, money making activity that I'm going to do for my business, or think a little bit harder beyond, yeah, I should really use some self care, right? I could really use yeah. some self care. Yes. Think a little bit deeply, more deeply. But that goes back it. to your previous point of balance, right? Because any form of self care in too little of a function does nothing. Okay. A five minute nap is not going to reset that much. But a five-hour nap is probably more a form of procrastination at that point than anything truly restorative, right? Unless you're trying to go into some kind of yogic sleep. And if so, I, I would consider why you're doing that in the middle of a work day. But, you know, to each their own. But I think anything out of balance is a crutch to use your absolutely perfect word. It's a way to procrastinate. It's a way to delay. It's a way to distance ourselves from the things that need to be done or or ignore emotions that we need to process. Because that's another thing is dealing with empaths and 
feelers, right? Our, our helper people, not only do we have our own emotions to contend with, we have our businesses emotions to contend with and all of the emotions that we pick up from, you know, the ether and Instagram and our clients, kids and whatever else gets hurled at us. So, so yeah, looking at empaths specifically and how they show up, how do you think that empathy helps and hinders the way we show up in business day to day. Ooh, I've got a, I've got a whopper for you. Okay. I love it. As a lifelong empath myself, I have come to embrace the idea that my sensitivity is a strength, right? We, we are hearing this message a lot, Mm -hmm. right? We are here to Um, utilize that sensitivity to accurately assess what's going on with the people that we're here to help in the way that we're here to help them. And we often get stuck in what I like to call the spiritual protection trap. Ooh, tell me more about the spiritual protection trap. I'm into this. So there's a couple of points which help me illustrate how practicing spiritual protection, which is a thing, it's a big thing in the empath community, in the light worker community, um, yep. actually is, is detrimental, can be detrimental. Mm. So number one, if we remember that ultimate spiritual truth is, is oneness, right? We all are our own sovereign souls and we are also one with all that is, if you are practicing spiritual protection, who or what are you really protecting yourself from? Mm. Okay. Because things that, that happen to you, for you, Mm -hmm. they're representations of parts of you that need to be seen parts of you that need to be healed. Right. And that gets very controversial because then people say to me, well, well, Sierra, you know, my friend was raped. Uh, Was that like meant to happen to her? No. No. But is there meaning in it that she can glean and use in order to heal and empower herself? Yes. Is there meaning toward healing? Yes. Does that mean that the damage was owed her? Absolutely not. Does that mean that the trauma was her due, her destiny, her right in some ancestral path? Absolutely not. But but there is always a path out of pain or to lessen pain. And that's where the lesson comes in, right? That's where the growth comes in. And so I, I think that's a really important distinction that, number one, when we say when things are happening to you and for you, Uh, We're not saying like, okay, so every bad thing, like if you lost your job because of COVID, congratulations, you're killing it. Like, no, okay, okay. Like bad things happen, but how we respond to those things, how we rise from those things. And if we're in a helper capacity by nature or by choice, how we guide others through similar situations. Right. Right. That's a whole different ballgame. Absolutely. So. So if you're, you know, if you, if we are one with everyone and everything, you know, who or what can really attack you that you need protection from? And if we are creating our realities, which I believe that I am a co-creator of my reality with source energy, the universe, God, whatever word gives you the least amount of hangups. Yep. Then if we are practicing spiritual protection, we are creating 
and sending a message to the universe saying that we have things in our life that we need to be protected from Mm. to manifest more things that we need to be protected from. Okay. There's a whole different energy from spiritual protection to setting boundaries, right? So spiritual protection, Ah. here's my bubble. Here's my bubble. No one can get into it. Okay. Stay out of it. I've got this crystal and this crystal and this crystal and you can't get me. Nanny, nanny, boo, boo. Here's my cross, my garlic and my crystals back off. There's a difference between that type of energy, which is very fear-based, has a lot of anxiety, has a lot of uh, interesting aspects to it versus this is who I am. This is what I will accept. This is what I will not accept. I love it. Practicing spiritual protection is actually creating more of what you don't want. Instead of creating purposeful boundaries to protect your energy and your business. So we have the intention of doing that. I totally never thought of it this way. You're like blowing my freaking brain right now. But you're right. If we're building up fortifications, we're we're responding in fear, right? We're building up that self-protective, which means that there's an enemy. Whereas if we're setting boundaries, we say, these are my limits and I exist inside them. And you're welcome to meet me within them. But and there's also a difference between protection and safety. Okay. Because safety is a state of being. Yeah. You are you are safe. This this is something that I that I do with my clients and myself very, very often. We we start to practice the idea that the safest place to be is where you are. Hmm. So safety is a state of being. Protection, protecting, that is an action. That is a verb. That is something that you do. Okay? So there is, there is nothing that you need to do in order to be safe because you are safe. That is your state. If you don't feel safe, we can work on that. Mm-hmm. We can dig into that. But that is what the truth of what you really are is, is safe. Mm-hmm. So you don't need to protect something that's already safe. What a beautiful permission slip that you just gave everybody, though. Think about all <laughs> the energy that we can get back all the time, all the faith, all the confidence, all the peace, all the joy. Think about all of that that you can get back if you realize that where you are, you're currently already naturally safe. Maybe things aren't perfect, but you're safe. You're growing, and therefore it probably hurts a little, but you're not unsafe to be in that growth place. Ooh, ooh, because you know what? I do think that safety comes up a lot when people talk to me about like, well, I I don't want to do video, or I'm not comfortable selling, or, you know, my program is not as good as my mentor's program, or, 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 or. That's all self-protection, too. Right. That's all that is. And so to be able to say, you know what, maybe I will be vulnerable if I put myself out there. But by being vulnerable, that still doesn't make me unsafe. Right. And as I practice that vulnerability, as I practice putting myself out there online, showing up consistently to get those clients showing up and and offering up my offerings and my freebies, 
you know, the more that I put myself in that vulnerable space, the more that you can prove to yourself just how safe it is yeah. to, to do that. Yeah. Like that shirt that says, but did you die though? Like, yeah, no, I didn't. I made a video today and I had a booger in my nose and a broccoli stem in my teeth and I moved on with my life. Oops. People love that shit. Yeah, they do. They totally love that shit. Speaking of shit people love, terrible segue. But I could just blab at you and with you all day because I'm loving this conversation so much. Uh, during our pre-chat, I told you that I had a uh, controversial truth. And you said it's not that controversial. So now I'm feeling safe to say it on the podcast, which is that I enjoy Frozen 2 more than Frozen 1. And you gave me permission to feel that way. And with that permission in mind... You have come here today to talk about some beautiful business lessons from Frozen 2. Sierra, go. Jump in. Frozen 2. Yes. First of all, I would like to say you do not need my permission to to go into the unknown. Thank you. But I agree with you to a degree. When it comes to lightworkers, empaths, and life purpose... Okay, so in Frozen 1, we were so caught up in Elsa's pain and her trauma and Anna's, and it was just tormented and tortured. It was so beautiful to watch them reconnect. But in Frozen 2, we really got to see the breadth, the depth of both Anna and Elsa's characters, though you know, I'm just going to speak personally. I resonate with Elsa just more. So it's a, I don't know. It's a, it's a, I have always believed this in This always that. happens on this show though. Is that like on the very first episode, we talked about Ren and Stimpy and we found out while taping it that Diane is a Ren and I'm a Stimpy. Yeah. You're an Elsa. Wait, you're an Elsa. Yeah. I'm an Anna. So this works out well. Perfect. Well, with with that, you know, very important side note aside, please continue. Yes. Elsa really wants to know that her life has meaning, that her life has purpose. Yeah, she's a queen. Okay. But, you know, that's the superficial stuff. That's the who's who. I got the big girl job and I was going to be validated by it, but it really didn't mean anything to me because I didn't feel... Like, I really had all of myself in it, you know? Mm-hmm. She's the queen. Who cares? She's the queen because her parents died. Like, that's the other thing. It's like, it's not like she went through natural succession. Like, depending on how into Disney lore, she, like, died on the way. They died on the way to Rapunzel's wedding or Tarzan or some something. But, like, <laughs> it's not like she she set out as a child to fulfill her own destiny and waltzed into it perfectly on cue. She genetically took a throne because her parents died and frozen one will tell you it was not that fun of a time. Yeah. It was pretty. Yeah. Shaky hands. But we've all been there too, right? Like you said, like top of the ladder in the position of power and you get there and you're like, well, this is my life. Oh, okay. Exactly. Exactly. She checked all the boxes, but 
but who was she, who is Elsa really, you know? And, and she hears voices, which I can identify with. Mm-hmm. Okay. We're talking about Claire audience. She's seeing things. She's feeling like, oh, okay, my magic, my intuition, right. Is getting stronger. Uh, but what do I do with this? Where do I go? I feel like I'm being called into something, but I might have to leave behind all the people that I love and the people that love me. You know, everybody can resonate with that. You know, as you transform, as you, you know, step more into the strength of your sensitivity and you develop your intuition and you expand into your emotional and spiritual experiences, there are people who might fall away. All of the people who aren't meant to be with you when you reach your highest potential. But that doesn't mean it's any less painful. Yeah. Okay. So she's risking everything to determine who she really is. And she goes, and one of the best Disney songs, in my opinion, that's a big statement. That's a really big statement. Make it. Is show yourself. I love a contentious statement. Tell me why. Because I know that Into the Unknown is like the one that the that the guy sang in the same key and it was so good and it's like supposed to be the title song. Show Yourself is the meat, is the meat of that movie, okay? She faces her demons. She goes into the freaking ocean, the stormy, dark ocean. She, she almost drowns facing this water horse, tames it. Okay. And finally realizes, oh my gosh, you know, this mystical thing, this thing that my parents died in pursuit of, this thing that has, you know, caused so much suffering for so many people in my life. This is actually not a bad thing. I'm not bad for going after Mm -hmm. what I want. This Mm -hmm. can, this is magical. This is me. This is, this is frozen, you know? So she's, she show yourself in the, in the lyrics are so, you know, show yourself, step into your power, grow yourself into something new. Like, are you kidding? Evan Rachel, please. You are the one you've been waiting for all of your life. So it's like, wait a minute. All these people who told me I should, all these people who told me I was going to feel fulfilled by checking all these boxes, they were wrong, but I was right about myself. Damn. You know what? It it feels like hearing you say it like that, it, it, it occurs to me that Frozen 1 for Elsa is really about learning that it's okay and it's wonderful to be powerful. Mm. But it also seems like then once she's commanded her power, it's Frozen 2 is about the the beauty and the value and the righteous pursuit of ambition and purpose, Mm. right? So the first one is about Stepping into power, owning power, not resisting your own power. Mm. But Frozen 2, you're right, is about taking that power and finding a place. And that had not occurred to me before. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And she she goes too deep into it. Mm-hmm. 
She goes to to dive dive down deep into her sound, but not too far, or you'll be drowned. She she drowns in it because sometimes we make mistakes. Yeah. Sometimes we we step into our full power. Sometimes we say things we don't mean. Sometimes we're we're just testing it out. Mm-hmm. Like I'm not you. Like I didn't know that this was who I really was because I spent my whole life thinking that I was supposed to be something else. So, oops. Yeah. You know. And that's where, that's where the shadow of thinking that you can be an island comes in. Mm. Thinking that you can do everything yourself. Thinking that you can, (sighs) ready, grow a business, get consistent clients, have a successful launch all by yourself. Mm -hmm. Let alone the rest of your life. No. Let alone the people that rely on you, the people that need you, because I know that Number one, I could totally relate to that drowning and purpose feeling. Oh, oh yeah. So many times I've had that, that feeling. But then also in that vortex of getting pulled deeper and deeper into where I think I'm supposed to go, which is internally, but actually I'm just going into the mire of, of stress and overwhelm. I also have a tendency as that island forms kind of under me and around me, not to think as much about who else is near this island and is getting pulled into this riptide, right? So, and that for me, as a highly empathic person, is really interesting and surprising because normally I'm like, okay, hold on, check in. How are you? 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 Okay, now I can start my day. But but there are so many times where it does feel like I'm leaning so far into myself that it's, that it I'm I'm putting myself back into a frozen one place of isolation. What uh, advice do you have for people like us who are either jumping into their power or are trying to place that power into purpose? I swear to you, the phrase that just came to me was let it go. (laughs) Oh my God, that's hysterical. Please go on. So personal story time. When I have had my business for over a little over five years now, and in the first iteration of my business, I was totally there, like in over my head when it came to exploring my power, exploring my spiritual prowess. Uh, I would say, I would say candidly and at the end, just being real, um, I was going into gatekeeper mode. Mm that often a lot of spiritual teachers, a lot of spiritual entrepreneurs can fall into this shadow. I'm not going to say it's a trap necessarily. But it is shadow. It is. And, you know, the idea of once you realize that you can channel, you know, from your higher self or, you know, angels or whomever, whatever, you know, you can get a little high on that. Mm-hmm. and. I did. And it was just at the very, very infancy, you know, of that. I'm, I, you know, (laughs) I'm no, like, I don't want to call out, call out any of them, but you know, any, I'm not one of those that like got so big and so high on it. And then you come to find out there's a sex scandal. Yeah. 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 You know, but I saw it within myself. I saw, I saw, you know, going too far into it, you know, so what did I do? I let it go. I completely 
stopped doing my business for a while. I, I, I did actually, you know, what you sometimes need to do, which is go off of line, go within that. So, you know, uh, no coincidences, but coincided with my initial journey into motherhood, you know, so I got pregnant for the, for the first time I'm pregnant right now, actually. Um, (laughs) but so I got pregnant for the first time and, um, chose seeing those imbalances, uh, you know, of my exploration of my own power and took a step back and came back down to earth and got into my body and, you know, unfollowed all the people that I was comparing myself to in a way that was making me produce my version of what they were doing. Okay. And I really took my time so that when I decided to come back online, come back to building that online presence, that it was from a place of true transformative sharing. And of pure you. That I was teaching people the things that I have learned, the things that I have actually authentically mastered um, and through a lens that uh, most excites me, which is galactic consciousness, which we aren't really getting into in this conversation. But We will next episode. Whenever (laughs) you come back, I promise we'll talk about it then. You know, so let it go for a while, for a month, You don't have to go away for two years like I did. Let it go for a while. Unfollow all of the people that you are comparing yourself to. Unfollow all the people who um, you feel like you need to measure up against, who you feel you need to emulate in order to become a successful, you know, whatever in whatever niche or industry that you feel called to. And, um, Go within. That's Go within yourself. Freaking beautiful. I'm always floored on this show. Just how gorgeous y'all can make the craziest shit. I just love it. I just love it. So I have one more very important question for you today, which is if you were going to create an Olaf okay. for yourself. Yeah. That could be the physical manifestation of any companion who would we see you out and about with that's a really hard question mm-hmm. okay this just came in the soul of robin williams oh yes in olaf form whatever that would look like i don't care what what he the looks physical like physical form is unimportant as long as it's the essence of Robin Williams. Yes, the intelligence. I'll I'll even I'll even take the darkness. Yeah. The comedy. You can't take it. the joy without the shadow. That's why so many comedians have such crippling depression is because it really is what we talked about at the beginning, a balance. And also even let's just let's just say we're going to put him in Olaf, a snowman of Robin Williams. That's a beautiful thing. Sierra, you have been an absolutely exemplary, fabulous guest. How do my people, especially my light workers, my healers, how do they get in touch with you? How do they start a conversation with you? Definitely on Instagram at Sierra, C-I-A-R-A-M as in magic, 
of course, Ruben at Sierra M. Ruben. Um, R-U-B-I-N, not quite like the sandwich. Uh, <laughs> and so that's where I spend a lot of my time. And uh, since you mentioned that this episode will be going live around Valentine's Z times, yes. it's actually perfect timing because we are right in the middle of my Ignite Your Light Work course launch. So um, this is a program that takes that transformative, authentic stuff that I've overcome and mastered and packages it into something amazing. So this is the thing that is going to help light workers who are not really showing up consistently online. They're afraid of being judged or they're afraid of, you know, how much work they think it might be. And they're able to really uh, step into their purpose in a way that gets them seen online in a way that really speaks to those people that they're here to help and, and illustrates to them in a clear way, what they're here to help them with so that they get that genuine engagement so that they are building those real genuine relationships with people who are either going to want to pay for their services or want to collaborate with them. Um, you know, so you would essentially become the go-to spiritual brand online once you have made it through and shown up and done all the work for this Ignite Your Light Work uh, course. I'm super, super excited about it. I will make sure that exactly how to get involved in that is in the show notes, plus your Instagram, your website, the whole nine. Thank you again so much for being here. It has been a gem. I cannot wait until I have you back on the show. Everybody else, I will be back in just a second with my final thoughts and your homework for the week. Well, hey there, listeners. You are the one you've been waiting for all of your life. Damn, Disney, that's deep. Wish I would have had that lyrical validation when I was, you know, I don't know, 8, 12, 26, pretty much any time before 2019 when Frozen 2 actually came out. You are the one you've been waiting for all of your life. And here's the kicker. At least for your marketing, this is very likely true, like strategically, profitably true. Most of the ask avoidant do-gooders that I'm lucky enough to spend my days with leap into their entrepreneurial path with some pluck and this nagging desire to help people. Dig a little deeper and most will tell you it's not just people they want to help, but people who are now where I was then. Why? So we can prevent them from pain, of course, so we can ease their journey. But a funny thing happens when we talk about the benefits of what we do all the time. We begin to forget what it actually felt like back then before we figured out the thing we figured out that changed absolutely everything, before we took the big step, before we discovered that hidden talent or secret weapon. Your homework this week is to think back on the before times and create a list of all the things you longed for back then, all the ways you wanted to feel, all the frustrations you felt when that didn't happen or took way too damn long to get going. Bonus points awarded for writing your mental chatter from back then down verbatim. If you give your villain some dialogue, you'll write killer copy your audience can relate to. 
unleash that inner critic. What did they say? One more tip. Worried about sharing too much of yourself? Dial down your vulnerability by omitting personal details in favor of emotional landscapes. Too Legitimate to Quit is brought to you by the Non-Sleazy Sales Academy and me, your host, Annie P. Ruggles. If you struggle to sell because you don't know how to put a price on all that goodness in you and you don't like the way that your competitors do it, I have great news for you. You can find my free challenge, Making Selling Easy Without Getting Sleazy, anytime at www.annieprugglescom slash easy, not sleazy. Our show is edited and produced by Andrew Sims of Hypable. Our fabulous theme tune is by Riley Horbacio, who I found on Fiverr. Our gorgeous podcast art is by Francois Vigneault, who I found on Upwork. And our marketing team is led by the unbelievably life-saving Nick Bonitatibus. Don't forget to check today's show notes for more information about our fabulous guests, plus some continuing resources and some Etsy finds from other super fans of today's topic. All pop culture elements mentioned in this episode remain the sole intellectual property of their respective owners. I do not own them, so please don't sue me.